Okay, go. Hi. Good evening, everybody. It's Odette Rishti here. Thursday night at 8 p.m. as usual. Matchmaking and dating untangled. I'm here tonight with Tammy Sassoon. Hi, Tammy. Hi. Good evening, everybody. So we're here to give you a um, double show, I guess you could say. Um, Tammy's the expert on um, teaching us how to hold on while we face challenges in our lives. And um, I know I always try to tap into Tammy's wisdom whenever I can when um, she's a parenting expert. So whenever I'm dealing with things at home, she happens to be my daughter's principal. But we are um, connected for a very, very long time and yeah. for other reasons. Very. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was kind of Tammy's idea to join forces um, where she could actually help me um, talk about the things I'm always promoting, which is um, giving singles hope and, and the right perspective through the dating process and while they're waiting, how to handle their home life, their dating life, their work, whatever they're doing until they find the right one. So Tammy has some ideas. Um, Tammy, what was like your first thoughts on what you could give us tonight for the singles that are listening? So what came to my mind was how a person could balance in a healthy way wanting something and being fulfilled while they're waiting for it. So it's a normal, natural, healthy, longing desire for a person to want to find their other half. So at the same time, while a person is in that state of having that feeling, how could they live a fulfilling life? How could they feel 100% okay with whatever's going on around them? Um, how could they thrive, not only survive, but really thrive in whatever it is that they're doing while they're waiting? Right. So I find that a lot of my singles, um, I guess I get closer to the girls and I get more into their heads of what's going on in their lives. And I find that I feel like they're thriving. They're top teachers in the community. They have great jobs. They have a happy home life from what I could see. They're going to classes. They're close to rabbis or listening in from home on how best they could get close to Hashem. I feel like they're, in a certain way, they might even feel like they're thriving, and yet deep down inside that yearning and that sadness that they carry that everyone else is getting married and I'm not, am I going to be left behind, am I ever going to find the right one, is still something that, even though on the outside I look like I'm thriving, deep down inside I have this, like, that yearning is causing a pain and a suffering that, is a real challenge. So how do they deal with that? Okay, so that's a great question. So whenever Hashem sends us any challenge, the clear, right way to think about that is that the challenge was actually perfectly and uniquely designed for us as an opportunity to become greater, as an opportunity to become closer to Hashem. So when we have that longing feeling of there's something that I need, the, the purpose of that is really for us to turn to Hashem and to be able to ask Hashem and rely on Hashem in order to be able to give us whatever it is that we need. At the same time, while we're experiencing that, we have to be able to recognize 
that any of those thoughts that bring us to a down place, like why is everybody else moving along, what, how long is this going to take, you know, what's going to happen if it lasts forever, how can I deal with this, this is too much, all that. So we have to be able to categorize that in our head, plain and simple, as unhelpful thinking. We can only think one thought at a time. We can't think two thoughts at a time. And thoughts could be categorized into one of two places. They could either be helpful thoughts or they could be unhelpful thoughts. So we're not saying that a person shouldn't feel the feeling. A person could have very intense feelings. You know, you know, I'm wishing, I'm wanting, this is where I would like to see my life. They could have very, very intense feelings. And there's no judgment about the feelings. Feelings are, you know, the most normal part of the human experience. Nobody would ever look at a table and say, like, you know, why does the table have legs? That's so strange. So we don't look at our intense feelings either in that way. A lot of times what we do is we judge ourselves when we have intense feelings, and then we try to move out of them or we try to make them go away. But really what happens is if we don't allow our intense feelings to pass or any feelings to pass, they get stuck in us, and then they come out later on in life or sooner on, you know, an hour later in an unhealthy way. So we want to honor our feelings. We want to allow ourselves to feel the feelings. And then we want to take a look at are we in a clear place of thinking? Are we having helpful thoughts, objective truths about life? Or are we engaging with our unhelpful thoughts? So the examples of the unhelpful thoughts that I gave before are things like, how long is this going to go on? I can't take this anymore. You know, uh, how come everybody else is moving on with their life? All that kind of thinking is just plain unhelpful. Now, I'm not saying that a person is supposed to never think those thoughts. Of course, we all work on trying to be more positive. Even though we all work on trying to be more positive, we all have unhelpful thoughts. It's not a problem to have unhelpful thoughts. It's only a problem to believe the unhelpful thoughts. So if I'm able to identify that, if I'm able to realize my brain is going like this now, I can't take it, this challenge is too big for me, oh, wow, that's an unhelpful thought. What if it's really true? Oh, there goes another unhelpful thought. No, 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 but a lot of people really stay single for a very long time. It could be I'll be one of them. Oh, that's another unhelpful thought. It's very liberating to see that it's just thought and our thoughts actually can't harm us. There's a great metaphor. It's called the train video metaphor. Um, I don't know how long ago when the first uh, video screen cinemas were created in theaters, what happened was there was a train on the screen, and there were a bunch of people in the theater, and the train was coming at everybody. And since the people never mm-hmm. saw screens before, everybody started crying hysterically, screaming, running away, yelling, and they were really terrified. Now, Somebody wow. eventually pointed out, well, let me show you, this is, it's just a screen over here, and then you know, they all calmed down. So it wasn't a problem wow. that there was a train on the screen. That was not the problem. The problem was that they believed that the train was real. The problem was that they believed the lie that the train was coming at them. So it's not a problem right. for us to have this unhelpful thought. Of course, we want to all hardwire our brain, and we want to you know, make sure that we're always inspiring ourselves. That goes without say, whether it's, you know, learning something for 60 seconds a day or reading something for two minutes a day or whatever it is. You know, it's different for every person. We always want to make sure that we're giving ourselves proper infusions of positive thinking. But we also have to know how to catch that unhelpful thinking. So we don't want to beat ourselves up about it, but we just want to be able to realize that's unhelpful. And that's when we get back to our calm, clear state of true joy and happiness, um, which we could always tap into at any time. We don't have to go anywhere. I imagine. I'm trying to think, like, exactly what a single girl or a boy, um, what what would happen in the life of um, unhelpful thoughts and how that doesn't help me find a mate. So I want to give an example of what happened last week. When Rabbi Mansa was having the event in SLC last week, it was Friday night event, 
And um, I promoted it li- limited because my store was very busy Hanukkah when they first announced it. And then now they had room for 150 singles. And two days before the event, I got a message from the matchmakers. We're, not sure, we're very grateful to have 100 singles come and sign up, pre-sign up. But we still have room for 50 more. And I said, oh, I feel so bad, like, for my singles to miss out. But I, won't, I don't know who signed up and who didn't. So send me that secret list you have because they don't want to give out the list of who's going. And who is that? Send me that list, and then I'll call the people who aren't on it from the people that I know I could reach out to. Anyway, within a few hours, all the other matchmakers that were very involved in the event for weeks, and I was not involved, all of a sudden had a bunch of new singles signing up through me. And how did I get them to go? They were like, I was wondering why they weren't going because they were the type of singles that always tell me, if you do an event, I'll be there. I'm just waiting for you guys to do an event. I'm waiting for you guys to do an event. And now I'm like, they're not on the list. I was like, how come? So I called Let's see if Maybe she had a cold. Maybe they were away on vacation. No, they were here. Yeah, we heard about it. We weren't sure. We didn't know if it was for us. I mean, the age was right, but is it really people going? I don't know if it's for me. Uh, will there really be guys for me? Will they? And within a few hours, I just did a lot of work and said, look, guys, but we, we want to make more events, but if no one shows up, we don't really know that it's really needed, and it's a lot of work for the matchmakers. It's, there's, there's a whole, there's a caterer, there's a whole thing, there's a rabbi, there's, you know, so we got to really see your turnout. But besides that, what about, like, just going and hearing the rabbi speak and having this is an event just for you. Walk in, enjoy yourself, have a great time. It's specifically for singles to feel great. And when I put it out there that way, I guess their self-talk was very different, but when I gave them the opposite self-talk, they were all very happy to go and quickly signed up. And we had then 50 more people sign up. So it was like full, completely full. And uh, all the messages I got from the people that went because I encouraged them to was I was so grateful I went. I was so glad I didn't stay home. I was so happy I went. And... um, I was thinking that self-talk puts us in a category to actually miss out on things because most of those people actually have dates today, this week. Wow. So, wow. Uh, yeah. From that event? Wow. From that event. They have dates. That's amazing. They have, you know, other matchmakers called them for dates from guys that weren't even at the event. A lot of different connections happen because of it. And matchmakers saw girls that they never met before, and then they thought – I called you, you know, after Shabbat. I have someone in mind for you. And a lot of moving around happened that wasn't going to happen unless people actually got out that night. So I was, you know, I just think that a lot of that, you know, specific kind of talk in our minds that holds us back, holds us in. And I totally understand what it's like when singles feel like it's hard to walk into a room and title myself as single, even though it's a singles event and it's all for me, it's hard to be single and go. I totally understood that. And that I encourage from the point where I know it's hard, not from the point where I think you should be there. And that's what I think makes them go is because, you know, I, I, they know I care and they know I would do anything for them. The only only thing I couldn't do was go for them. So, but um, my whole point that trying to bring out is, that negative self-talk, which they didn't really need. The flyer was adorable. The, the whole thing was for them. 
I, I don't really know what caused them to hold back, but a few extra encouraging words got them out the door. And um, they were happy, which is the whole, most important thing. And I want to just keep that going. A lot of the matchmakers out there are just happy that a lot of different changes happened as a result of them going. And that's things that you can't do if, if the self-talk is, is on the downside. Right. Well, it sounds like when you talk to these people or when you talk to people in general that your style is very non-judgmental and everybody feels safer when they feel like they're not being judged. Because really, if somebody is afraid to move ahead with something in their life and, and it's really something that's good for them, like opening doors to good new opportunities, so generally speaking, all insecurities could really be traced back to a person feeling like, you know, either I'm not 100% safe or I'm not 100% valuable. And sometimes when people, you know, tend to compare, like what you were saying before, like why is everyone else moving on, which is actually a very toxic thought. It's a very dangerous thought. Whenever we find ourselves going down that road, and that applies to singles or to anybody, we want to just recognize at that point, you know, that that's, that's unhelpful thinking. That's dangerous thinking. That's not, something, that's not a place where I want to stay. I want to be aware that I'm having that kind of unhelpful thinking right now. So right. when, yeah, so, so when a person is feeling insecure about something, it's generally coming from I'm not safe or I'm not valuable. Now, in this case, if a person is engaging with those thoughts of why is everybody else moving on, so then they might feel like they're moving on because I'm less important. But really, objectively speaking, there's no such thing as a person being more or less important. There's no such thing. Hashem created everybody with tremendous value, and there's no one person who's more important than another person. Everybody is and tremendously no valuable. Event. You taught me this, but there's no event or comment or um, thing that happens to us that makes us less valuable. It may feel like it made us feel less valuable, but we have to take ourselves out of that and understand that no one or no event or no comments or no happenstance can exactly. actually shrink us Nothing down. anyone says. That's right. Nothing That's anybody right. says or does can ever reduce our value. It makes us feel like our value gets reduced. But objectively speaking, a person's value doesn't get reduced because of something someone else said or did or because of an experience that they had in their life. Well, the really important point that you taught me that, like, I use all the time. I use it in my life, but I use it for the singles also. And one thing you just said is that um, it boils down to singles feeling safe and feeling, what else, valued. Valuable, um, yeah, really safe and valuable. Hope, right, and I always hope that my exchanges with singles, whether it's to call them to tell them that they have a date or just to see if I have an update on their resume or if, you know, even to tell them sometimes, which is the most hardest job, I think a matchmaker ever has to do is to say that, you know, they were turned down by somebody or that someone doesn't want to continue at all. And when I know that they're already invested in the relationship, those are the hardest things for me to do. And I never want them to feel that they're less valued in my eyes or anybody's eyes. I always believe that it's, we're trudging towards the, the right one once somebody says, no, it's either not the right time or not the right one. And there's right. no other way to look at it, you know. Right. If it's meant, it'll come back. If it's not meant, we're glad that they're not continuing. This way we can move on so we could find the right one. But Right, and that mindset. Sorry, just good. When, you're, when, when you had experiences with matchmakers, uh, Tammy, I, I wanted to reveal, and I said this on Instagram that I was going to reveal, 
how I know you tonight. So <laughs> let's just reveal the first way we met. Tammy Zaga is now Sassoon, <laughs> and um, she was one of my single girls, and I interviewed her for matchmaking, and yeah. from there we became attached at the hip. Like, I knew yeah. everything Tammy was doing in her life for a good yeah. while. But yeah. 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 So, okay, there are, I, what, uh, there are calls. Let me know when you guys want to okay. get them, okay? Sure. Okay, you want to take a call? Okay, we'll see if this works. Hold on, please. Okay, the person I just unmuted, 917-658. Would you like to say something? Hi. Let's see if this Hi. Works. Hi, what's your name? 917-658-21. Are you there? Oh, yes, that's me. <laughs> Hi. Um, I actually am married, Bochasem, um, but I love Odette and uh, Tammy, both of them. I know them very well, and they know me very well. Um, Hi, I know, I know who this people is. That are, um, yeah. I, know, I do know... Huh? I know a lot of the people uh, that are single. Um, I remember from many, many years ago, uh, I married 16 years, but matchmakers um, are not trained. I feel like a lot of them are not trained of how or what to say to the girls or boys, um, you know, to, to make them feel good. I feel like a lot of times they say something, like I remember I said, I want a guy who's a good boy from a good family. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if he's Lebanese, Moroccan, Syrian, whatever it may be. And they would tell me, um, oh, so you just want whatever. And I looked at her, I'm like, <laughs> you just took me and broke me into pieces. And it would take, if I tell you months, to mentally get back to what I was supposed to be because of that one sentence. And they're, they're clinging to these women um, that are matchmakers, and they say one thing. And I know they're not doing it intentionally, but they're saying something that really can, can break them. And it... It, it, you know, they don't want to go to these speed dating or whatever they were doing or, you know, these, these group things because they're scared that people will judge them. Just like this woman who met me five minutes ago said something not nice. And, like, I know Odette for years, I always tell her, like, she was the one who always lifted me up and made me feel amazing and, and never judged me. No matter what, she always made sure to think, you know, am I saying the right thing? Am I making her feel good? Even if it's not the right I'm guy, crying tears. I'm crying tears from you, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it was. It was this so not supposed to, to make me speechless. <laughs> wow, how nice! But but I feel like it's so important for for the girls to know that even if somebody tells you something that um you know that 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 might hurt you. Stay strong because they don't know you the way you know you or your mother knows you or your fan, friend, best friend knows you. You know, right. they don't, they're not judging you and they're not doing it to hurt your feelings, but um, just get, you know, take it. Sorry, of course, I have to be loud. Um, just take it, you know, just throw it away. Just ignore it. They didn't mean it. And, you know, keep trying until you do find the right one. Right. Be and so remember that everything's going to you know. Based on what she said to you, that matchmaker that said that to you, and the way it chiseled you down, it, it, but it had no bearing on how you found your husband, Baruch Hashem. Right. Right? Right. But, but it did, it took me a while, like, I went to a lot of matchmakers, a lot of them, and, and they used to say things, and they would just take it so lightly, but they right. don't understand that these girls and boys are so hanging to every word you say to make the right choices. to They don't have a lot of guidance. It's not something that you talked about in school 
or with your friends or your your parents. Most of the time, you know, the parents oh, are not sure. really telling them, you know, this is like a very big decision in your life. You marry someone and there's other some for the rest of your life. It's a very important right. decision. So any matchmaker they see, they cling on to it to every word they say. And, wow. and I think it's taken a little bit lightly. Like I remember Odette always made sure, always made sure to like say everything just to make you feel good. Even if it didn't work out, even if the guy didn't want to get out with you or you didn't want him, like she always made sure to say, oh, you know, you know what's best for you. Like things like that that, that were so important. And I think it's so important for, for singles to know that they have to think that, that for themselves, that they have to know that they're value, they're important. Right. right. And if the guy's not meant for you, if, it, if he didn't want you, it doesn't mean that you're not good. It means that he wasn't, right. it wasn't good for you. Hashem didn't match you with him because the guy chose not to. And you right. will find the one that Hashem did choose for you, but you have to have the right frame of mind. And sometimes somebody will say something, you just have to take it lightly. So right. thank you for right. everything you do, and uh, and for all our Israelis to be able to have you know find their right to do. Amen. Thank you, Franny. Oh, that is there such a thing? Helpful. Yes, yes, excellent. With what Franny was saying, I'm just wondering, Odette, oh, is there such a thing? I don't really know what goes on behind the scenes with matchmaking, but is there such a thing as sensitivity training? Is there is there a coaching process? Um, we do or have is it, uh, different courses that. Like Rabbi Ozeri spoke to us when we started this course in Sadatheon, which is this new database that we started about a year ago. Um, all new matchmakers signed up. Of course, we always need refresher courses. And Maui Heber spoke to us and gave a phenomenal course to all of us that blew me away. I'm doing this 23 years, and I feel like she t- touched on things that I needed to rehear and sensitivities and things like that. It doesn't mean that we can always follow everything we hear, though. It's, it's, it's the most sensitive time is when we're transferring information, we're giving over people, we're describing people. It puts us in a very difficult, sensitive predicament being a matchmaker. It's not an easy place to be. But, you know, of course we have to work on sensitivity, and it, we're doing this. Um, in the rush of our life, whatever else is going on in our life. So um, to take the side of the, all the matchmakers, I have to say, we, you know, catch us in a good mood, a bad mood, a bad day, uh, not feeling well, we're still going to do the job, but we're always, not always going to be perfect. And you might need us that day, even when a lot is going on in our life, and we're still going to be there for you. But no, we're not really telling everybody what might be going on in our life that day when we take your phone call. So, you know, it's, it's, it is a professional-type job without a real um, specific course that we get to take. The real course is to be, um, you know, I think, enough to realize that we're working for Hashem and to, to be emet about it, realizing that Hashem is my boss. How would he want me to act? Right. How would he want me to take care of his own child? That's really how I have to think about it. And I have to feel that each person that I am taking care of is if it's my own. And I do really do that to the best of my ability. I mean, I, I, I gave birth to Baruch Hashem four children. And I, and I do take on everyone else's children with a real conscience as best as I really can. 
Um, can every matchmaker do that? I don't know. I'm, I'm a very empathetic person. I've been told that. Like, I have the ability to stand in other person's shoes very, very well, and then I speak. But not everybody could do that. It's an art form. It's a gift. I, I can't say that I'm great at it, but I, I try really hard. Some people just don't know how to tap into that thing, but they're still making matches, which is the most important thing, is that they do make matches and are giving dates and are giving singles hope. If I was the only one doing it, even if I was doing it right, a lot of singles would be staying home, you know? So we have to get them out there, and we ain't need as many matchmakers as possible. I know, like, two teenagers in the community made a match by saying, you know, ma, our neighbors are really cute for each other. He walks this way, she walks that way. They're looking from the window. Someone ended up suggesting it, and they got married. So, you know, anybody that could think of something, if they can do it with respect, go out and make a match, suggest. Just make sure that you're taking everybody's sensitivities into account. We don't know what that is. You got you know them. Be careful. That's really the most important thing to do. Right. Okay. Absolutely. I like think there's one yeah. more call. So you want to take one more call? Okay. Okay. Sure. Let's see if they answer. Okay. Seven one eight four one nine. Go ahead. You have something to say? Seven one eight four one nine. Oh, she went. Hi. Okay. No, she 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 went off. I think she was just there all the time. Okay. Okay, continue. Okay. So, um, yes, yeah, so we were talking about being valued and feeling safe. Tammy, that was your um, thing you were talking about. But I wonder, like, um, we, our main topic was how to hold on while you're going through challenges. So we could talk about challenges as a general topic, or we could talk about it from the singles perspective, any other, um, like, tools that you have that could really, or that maybe helped you while you were single or that you feel you could have used if you knew you had, had your information now when you were single? Yes, yes. So, I mean, back to what we were saying before, I, I definitely wish I knew when I was single that if somebody said no to me or if I was turned down for any reason – that that you know had had zero you know impact on my value that had nothing to do you know with who I am um sometimes you know there was a situation you know there were situations where a person has to look inside and say like oh maybe I do have to work on something you know you can ask the matchmaker you know did he say no for a specific reason and then you can always introspect and you know reflect on things and say oh is that an area that I really would like to you know improve in and and that's fantastic um right there was another thing I wanted to tell you about. Uh, you asked what I wish I would have known. Oh, yes. Every day that Hashem gave us another day, um, it's there really because Hashem believes that there's something we need to accomplish that day. So, you know, as much as, as, much as you know, sometimes that could be difficult when we're going through challenges in our life. And, you know, yes, p- people that are waiting a long time for something have a specific unique challenge with a unique flavor, but there's, re- you know, we all know that there's really nobody in the world that doesn't have some challenge or another. You know, everybody has their own set of gifts and their own unique set of challenges. When we have a challenge, it could be difficult for us to be going through, but if we keep our eye on the goal, which is that, you know, Hashem uniquely designed this for us and there's a purpose here, um, we will be able to see that as, you know, I woke up today, 
I have something to accomplish. There's something I need to move ahead on. And it might not be in this particular area of coming closer to finding my match. It, it could be in many other areas. It could be, you know, um, you know in, in helping out, you know, with certain maybe family members or community members or friends or there's something, you know, something that you do or someone that needs you or something at your job, whatever it is. But there definitely is something to accomplish. You know, I, I once saw a very nice quote, which was, you know, the same creator who made all the continents and all the oceans thought that the world needed another one of you or the world needed you specifically, you know. Right, so right. With that, with that in mind, and that applies to each day, you know, Hashem thinks each day that we get another breath and each day that we wake up in the morning, Hashem knows that we have a day to accomplish. Hashem believes that there's something that we need to do. And once we put ourselves in that position of giving and doing, we're always more, more fulfilled. You know, um, right. there's... Yeah, that's something that we teach kids also. Givers and doers are happier people. Right. right. I find that my singles are such givers. They really are always giving, whether it's the bride's fun, the events, the Beautiful. things. They're, they're like always giving their time through mitzvah man, sleeping in hospitals overnight, guarding people that, you know, to give their parents or family members respite. I, I can't imagine, like, they really are so amazing that they do blow me away, and I say it all the time, that I'm the lucky one for knowing the singles in our community. I feel lucky when I, and they don't, they're like under the radar. They don't feel good about themselves. They're walking around going, I'm not the married one, but I'm not married in the community, and I'm single in the community. And on the other hand, I don't look at them that way. I look at them as so accomplished and good and pure and amazing, and I, I really feel like a lot of people can learn a lot from them I just don't think they feel that about themselves. I feel they do carry that burden of, because there is a very big, um, you know, importance placed on finding a spouse. I mean, for girls, especially at 18, the, the you know, the they feel like time is, is against them already at 18. Like, right. they're not right. And, Right, we, we just don't want them to think that that defines them. Right, that, that, right. right. Your, your marital, right. Your marital status doesn't define you. It doesn't right. define you as a person. For some reason, it's, it's a beautiful thing that marriage is, is important and, and holy and, and, and something Absolutely. everybody wants. Absolutely. It's Hashem that everybody wants it, but yeah. at the same time, the second we feel that we are going to be in the public eye for looking for somebody, we're also nervous that we're going to get left behind. And I feel that across every age. Like, I don't feel that the 18-year-olds don't feel it, even though they're only 18. Wow. And even at 19, even though I have 29-year-olds that are getting really nervous. So, right. you know, I worry yeah, about that. People... Go Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I as long as people are able... I... Yeah, 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 you go. <laughs> okay. As, as long as people are able to, to have this healthy awareness of that all that that's going on in my head is something that I don't want to busy myself with. I, I always compare it to like when you're cleaning out your room, you know, before Passover, you're cleaning out a house before Passover, whatever it is. You have to be, if you want to like do a really, you know, good productive job, you have to be super solid and clear about what's valuable and what's junk. Because if you confuse the two, you're going to end up collecting a lot of junk and you're going to have a lot of clutter wow. and you won't be able to clear up the space so that you could enjoy the valuables. 
Or if right. you don't value the valuables, you might throw those out, you know, and then just be left with the junk. We have to know what's going on in our brains also. So we have to be able to recognize, you know, those, you know, junk thoughts, those thoughts that are just simply weighing us down and accomplishing nothing. And once a person is really able to do that, that really liberates them to be able to free up their mind to focus on, you know, all their positive goals. Right. Wow. I mean, the goal is just to find the right one. The challenge is the process also. My concern is the process. Um, Mm -hmm. They have connections to the kindest, nicest, um, well-known, community-known matchmakers, names that everybody knows, and yet the process seems very stressful. We're going from hand to hand to different person, to like what Franny said, different comments. Um, and you're going from different personalities to different personalities. And I heard it say from a parent who was saying, like, it's, it's hurtful. It's, I carry it for my child that, you know, she has to go from person to person and ask, do you have someone for me? Um, you know, they're, they're really feeling that, the process is not easy even. It's not just the not finding. It's the actual hands we're in that they feel are straining them. Again, we want them to feel valuable through every exchange with every matchmaker and every part of the process, even going to an event or, um, I don't know, just anything, any part of the process okay. should be pleasant, but it not. it isn't always. I don't know how else to make it better other than I always offer them my time or, or, you know, if they have a question or if I can make them comfortable with their dating, even if I'm not the matchmaker involved, I always tell them, reach out to me if I can help you clear it up. Then that's what I do with these shows also, which I hear are very helpful. So you have like, um, would you be, how would you map out like a dignified way for a person to go about it. Like we're talking a lot about how, you know, people should hold on to their feelings of self-worth, which, are, you know, really is an objective truth. Um, so with that being said, what would be the most dignified way for a person to go about these things? You're saying like, oh, it's so hard for my daughter. She has to go from matchmaker to matchmaker, you know, saying, do you have anybody for me? So it, it, what would be a dignified way to go about that so that a person feels like I'm doing the right thing? easiest way is to send a text this way you're not interrupting Mm -hmm. the matchmaker's life Mm -hmm. but I think that a brief anyone for me is um is is very not not the nicest way to get a text like I get that a lot of times I get those texts and I never stored the person's number because I never got to interview them yet (laughs) so now in order for me to know what anyone for me is I got to go all the way back to the top of the conversation to see who's talking to me. And um, I think if it starts at, hi, Mrs. Rishti, how are you? Which is what I always do if I have to, like, text you, Tammy, about school for my daughter. Or I always say, hi, how are you, this, this, and this. I always, um, you know, and when would be a good time we could talk if you can talk is also very good because, I I might not want to continue in text, but at least 
I get a chance to talk to you at a time that I can talk. If you just called, I could be anywhere, supermarket. I could be in front of a customer in my husband's business. I could, you know, be anywhere. I could be interviewing another single at the time, which I wouldn't want to answer the call at the time. So, um, you know, the best way is to send a text, but one that's clear, and um, also to wait for the response. I always respond. So um, it may not be within the first 15 minutes, but I usually respond. And, you know, um, if I could get on the phone later on, I do. If there's something I could really help them with or they're specific, then I really want to get on the phone with them if they're specific in their text. Like if someone said to me, I was in the middle of dating a guy and I'm not sure if I should continue, if I get a text like that, I'll be on the phone with them very quickly. You know, if I if it's to think about if I have a guy for them or a girl for them, it might I I might not have a moment to just start thinking with them on the phone. That's a little more right. challenging. Right. Um, are there any more callers? I'm gonna check my phone because it, it did ask people to. Uh, currently, there are no questions. callers. If anyone wants to call in, we can give out the number. We have about you know, okay. five to ten minutes left, so we're gonna give out the number. It's Three one nine five two seven four one six zero. So I'm gonna repeat that one okay. more time. Three one nine five two seven four one six zero. And you can also text in if you have any questions you don't want to call, you can text in. It's nine one seven three zero zero eight five six three. If you have any questions, call in three one nine five two seven four one six zero. Or text in 917-300-8563. We have about five minutes left, so whoever wants to do that. Okay, so in the process of, um, you know, being single, one of my single girls did something very interesting. She got involved in Sephardi Korcholim, and she got other singles involved, and they started doing, like, bingo events in a senior citizen's home in our community. So there were guys and girls running a bingo hall for the senior citizens, and people were meeting through that. She today is a matchmaker in the community, but she was actually matchmaking while she was single at those events. She was, like, making sure that this guy came and that girl came and this, and they were seeing each other in a, in different, in a different arena. It's not the same as being in, on a private date with someone, and it's not the same as seeing them at a wedding somewhere or something like that. Actually seeing them interact with, a, with an older person and watching their sensitivities or being fun or calling out the bingo numbers or bringing the prizes for the seniors or whatever, all that caused a stir. And um, the same thing happened at the singles event the other night. They had plans. I don't know what the games were that they had, but even though it was Friday night, they had games for Friday night. And the singles got very interactive, and there were matchmakers walking around, and people were watching each other interact in a fun way. And it was a kosher thing, and so was the, uh, the senior citizens thing. So involved for chesed also is a way that singles could kosherly interact and um, see each other in another light, which takes them away from the actual... Um, resume thing that I don't love where I feel like we're getting too involved in paperwork 
and texting resumes and not really describing people with their full sounds and hearts and um, the real emotion that we could put into who we really know they are. And um, the other side to that is turning down dates based on resumes because, like, you're just looking at a piece of paper. Um, get on the phone and call people that could be very objective and describe them well so that you could actually get on a date, even if it doesn't turn out to be the right one for you. Getting on the date just gets you to actually see the person and know what you're turning down. It's, it's once that I don't want singles to go on bad dates or dates, dates that don't apply. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about singles that sometimes just see the resume. The resume kind of gives me a stomachache. I don't, it gets me nervous. It gives me the butterflies myself as a married person. I don't really know what this is about. I see a picture. I see words. Who's this person? Hashem created this person, and there's a lot of beauty in describing someone and being sure about who they are. Find someone that knows them, and then go from a happy place. That's a really important key thing that I feel that I do. Based on, I don't like giving matches of people that I sort of know. I'm a kind of match because it gives you a date where you feel like when you've gone on the date that before you go, you know them already before you even went on the date. You're kind of really sure that you're excited for the date and with, with real reason. And then when you get on the date, you notice, wow, all these things that Odette said, they're really there. And that makes somebody really feel good about the way they were told to go on the date. They just feel good. They feel valued when you do it that way. When you make them secure in who you're offering. I find that first date that I give is like a second date, more like a second date than a first date, than a first blind, blind date. Okay, I have a text. Someone sent in a text that I'll uh, read it to you. Do you okay. find coffee dates are as good as first dates or formal dates better? So I think they were trying to say, will people say yes to coffee dates rather than a formal date, or it doesn't make a difference? So um, it kind of depends what message you're giving off in the coffee date. If the message you're giving off in the coffee date is that you want it to be quick because I don't really know who you are and I'm insecure about who the matchmaker is offering me, but I'll just give it a try and this way it doesn't cost me too much money and if I don't like what I'm seeing, I could get out of it quickly and you're giving off that message from beforehand, that makes somebody uncomfortable. It makes them not feel so valuable. And I don't want anyone starting off a date that way. But if the normal way is, you know, we go for drinks, which a lot of cold style couples start off that way, or, you know, um, a lot of people go on a lot of dates and they don't always want to spend for dinner on the first date, but you could still make the person feel valuable, that's, that's nice. You know, it just depends. On, you know, we're talking on a wide range of, of singles. Are they more modern? Are they more from, is it cold style? Is it not? So that's a tricky kind of question, but I feel like coffee, um, based on whoever asked the question, coffee could be nice. It just de- depends on the way you present it. If you make the person feel valuable, you could, you, know, go, you could go anywhere and still make them feel valuable and good and ha- plan a long, nice talk 
uh, for coffee. Someone went for coffee recently and dessert to uh, Tea Fusion. They just planned it in a nice place. They went only for dessert and coffee, and it was just a nice restaurant and a nice surrounding. So um, that, that was very cute. It was a cute idea. I thought it was a great idea. Okay, that sounds good. I responded uh, well to that question. Uh, time to, you know, you can wrap it up if you have any, you know, finish. Let me just. No, I think we did good. What do you think, Tammy? I think we're a good team. We are. <laughs> we always were. <laughs> okay, that's great. I really hope the singles had a great um, uplifting show that filled them with a lot of chizuk and hope and new ideas that they could hold on to to keep them um, going that right one appears, which I hope is really very soon. It's really um, what I tire myself out for any which way I can for the singles, really. You did beautiful work with that. Beautiful work. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So um, if anybody does have further questions about this show, they can message me or Tammy, me at It's All Gift on Instagram. And Tammy Sassoon, who is a parenting expert, but Tammy, you also, you should just say that you give this um, course. What is it called? The te- um, Oh, the, the Emotional Detox. Emotional the detox Emotional Detox. The yeah. Yeah. Right. I actually it's started that quick. course. I didn't finish it, but I really want to. Um, it's, it's such a great course that I think anybody single could take. What do you think about someone single taking it? For sure. For people are... I started originally, I was doing it only with parents, but people from, you know, all different demographics and populations are finding it very helpful. Right. So I didn't, I really felt like it was such an important, if you ever feel like you're stuck or something from yeah. your childhood or something that you're yeah. carrying that you could let go of it and you wanted to, that, that, that is a great course to start with. And, like, Tammy's a great person who understands the single struggle to help you answer the things that you're going through and, and get through that emotional detox. I really didn't plan that, Tammy. I really, it's not just, it's not <laughs> no like problem. trying to promote her business, but it's really something <laughs> that's very, very helpful. And I think that, like, wow, she could really um, understand the singles and their struggle. Um, and that, that's a really good avenue because she really gives Chizuk and that positive outlook that you have and the tools that you have are, like, really something I always carry around now. And Baruch Hashem, because I know you, I get to tap into it every once in a while for free, but um, I'm, I'm not a freeloader. We learn from each other. Of course. <laughs> we learn together, yes. We learn and together. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. So um, have a great night, everybody. It's at Tammy Sassoon on Instagram, at a soul gift bro, that Rishti. And um, see me here every week, 8 p.m. Thursday night. Thank you, David. Have a good night, everyone.